This is Clutch Fans. And by the way, shout out to the Clutch fans. You're listening to the Clutch Fans Podcast, an open conversation for Houston Rockets diehards. Houston Rockets is unbeatable. <laughs> Now, here's your host, the man who would have drafted Harold Miner over Robert Ory, Dave Hardesty. Welcome into the podcast. It uh, has been a while, and uh, the trade deadline has come and gone uh, for 2016. And I am here with my good friend. You know him as Bema Thug. That's David Weiner, attorney here uh, in Houston and extremely well respected on the on all matters of the cap and uh big rockets fan David I appreciate you uh coming on glad to be back you know we haven't uh we really haven't even talked about this the big news that occurred here on Thursday on the deadline was that the rockets traded Donatus Motiunas as well as Marcus Thornton to the Detroit Pistons uh getting back Joel Anthony uh but more uh, you know the real reason they made this trade was for a first round pick from Detroit uh, this year that is top eight protected. Currently, Detroit is on the bubble uh, of being a playoff team in the East. Joel Anthony was mainly just a throw-in. They unloaded him to uh, Philadelphia, costing Houston a second-round pick as well. Um, this trade is fascinating to me, David, because um, you know we expected a lot at the deadline to happen. There were a lot of things that we thought uh, could happen. And like most deadlines, it was disappointing, but Donatus Motiunas was the one guy I thought would not get traded. He's the one guy who hasn't really disappointed us, at least through his own uh, fault, if you will. I mean, he's been injured, um, yet they trade him uh, and get a first-round pick in return. Yeah, I was a little bit surprised as well. Um, although, you know, if you know Daryl Morey, you know he's always going to gauge any player's uh, value around the league, and if he thinks that a team values that player more than the player might be worth. He's not a, afraid to pull the trigger. So, uh, yeah, I, I was surprised as well. I'm I'm a really big Demo fan, as I, as I'm sure most Rockets fans are. Um, I, not surprised at all. Marcus Thornton got moved. I, I I'd been saying for months I thought they could probably get a second round pick for him if they wanted to. Uh, and my guess is that that this, the Detroit pick. Uh, especially given Demo's injury concerns, the, the Rockets probably needed to include Thornton as kind of a sweetener to get the the protect the limited protections uh, on the pick. So, as I understand it, the Detroit pick is is only top eight protected this year, and then is top ten protected in the, in, in subsequent years. But given, like you said, that the Detroit's a, a bubble playoff team, although with the additions of Demo and Thornton and Tobias Harris from the other day. Uh, it, there's a good chance they sneak into the playoffs in the East, but that pick could be anywhere from 10 to 17, I would say. So, uh, you know, a pick in that range with, with a four-year cheap rookie scale contract, especially with the the cap about to spike, uh, those mid-first-round picks are, are are getting more and more valuable. So, uh, to be able to get a pick like that for 
an admittedly skilled seven-footer with three-point range and post moves, which are very rare in this league. Uh, but, but for one who's heading towards free agency with a really bad back, um, that that's that's not bad return. Uh, my my guess is that the, the calculus from on the Rocket side was uh, maybe there's concerns with the injury. You knew that Detroit and several other teams were going to come hard after Demo in restricted free agency, probably throw a huge offer sheet at him. And if the back concerns were a little too much for the Rockets to want to match a, a lucrative offer sheet, better to get a first-round pick for him now than to lose him in 27 games. Yeah, makes some sense. Uh, you know, as far as Thornton, uh, I personally I feel a lot of fans uh, overvalued Thornton. I thought he had some great games. Um, I I liked how quick his release is. That's something that surprised me. I think that fits in with today's style. Um, but you know, he was shooting under 34% from three-point range. Just was extremely streaky. He'd have a great game, and then he'd, he'd you know, play pretty poorly in other games. And defensively, was always an issue. So I, I just looked at that as more of a throw-in. If it took, if it got, you know, some value, then great. Good for Daryl Morey for picking him up on the cheap this year. For me, it was very tough to give up Demo. I, I saw a lot of benefits to the trade. I, I, I'm excited about having that draft pick. He's a big fan favorite guy who really gave you gave this team when healthy uh, something that they didn't have outside of you know attack you know Harden attacking the basket and three point shooters. You had a guy who could score mid range, had uh, post moves. He gave them a different look, uh, and really, I think what we saw from him last year has sort of been you know you you, have, you didn't see that this year because obviously he was battling injuries and he was struggling before you know, say game 10 of last season, struggling pretty hard throughout his career. Um, he just seemed to get it um, when Dwight went out last year, and he was frankly fantastic. When Dwight was out, he shot like 42 43% from three-point range, almost 60% from the field, was the team's second-leading scorer. So it's a loss, but I think the Rockets were in a position, like you said, that they could cheat this. They, If they knew what Dwight, or excuse me, what uh, Demo's, back situation was if they knew they weren't going to bring him back at a high dollar cost getting a first round pick that has the potential of a late lottery pick is a good move if you know you're not bringing him back and this year is a season you know that's I don't want to say a throwaway but you're not going to win a title this year based on how things are going um, then I think they made a good move it's just tough to lose Demo when I was so anxious to see them move Jones you know or or somebody else I just didn't think it would be Demo, but he obviously is the guy that could net them a good return. Right, and, and I think with Jones, there might have been a couple of issues at play. Um, number one, they probably weren't going to get the same return uh, for Jones that they could for Demo. So um, if all you could get for Jones was maybe a very late, a very late second rounder. Um, or maybe they could get nothing for him. I, I, I don't know. I'm sure they've, I'm sure they, they shopped him around and gauged interest. And if you're going to get such a minimal asset for him, and you do have him as a restricted free agent this summer, you might as well just hold on to him, see what happens. Maybe the light turns on these last 27 games, and he shows extended, consistent effort. Because uh, you know he, he's shown flashes of being a really good player, but um, you know maybe the, this down year means you could get him you know, at, at on a new contract at less than you, you thought you could two months ago. 
But bottom line, if they weren't going to get more than a late second round pick for him, you might as well just hold on to him. Uh, another issue might be um, that he's still in the concussion protocol. So that might have caused some teams that might have given you, you know, maybe you get a high second round pick for him. And some of those teams stepped away because they weren't sure about the concussion or they weren't sure about some of his other injuries. So there may have been a variety of factors there. And the fact that you lost Demo, now you have another power forward roster spot there. So Jones is on the roster after the deadline instead of Demo. And uh, maybe we'll get to see Montrez Hurl finally, which is my wish. And I know uh, M.K. Bauer is uh, going to be a lot happier if he sees me uh, getting to watch Montrez play because it's been frustrating, in my opinion, to watch effort issues uh, and a guy like Harold, who's got a great motor sitting on the bench, but he still has a lot to learn, obviously. You know, I, I think the, the deal is very similar to the Omer Oshik trade. You traded something now for something, you know, kind of a, a grab bag, a wild card value. You don't know where it's going to end up being. Unfortunately, the Rockets have in the past uh, acquired these picks. The, you know, the Tracy McGrady deal comes to mind where they had the the Knicks first rounder and another year in which they could flip picks with the Knicks and the Knicks were an awful team. And then, you know, they either made the playoffs or, or were very close. I can't remember those two years. And then they fell back again afterwards. And the same thing with the Pelicans. Pelicans were a lottery team for years. One year they make the playoffs is the year the Rockets have their pick and it looks like they're back to the lottery this year. So you hope that, you know, Detroit remains more or less where they are, that they don't take off. I uh, was looking at their schedule, and it's as well sort of a mixed bag. They've got some tough games, some some easy games. But uh, you you definitely want to see that team uh, start to slide a little bit here. Right now, 3-1 to one fans don't – Rocket fans don't like the move. I mean, I think, like I said, a lot of that is probably the fact that Demo is a big fan favorite. But I think there are fans that are just a little bit frustrated with this type of approach. I personally like it. I think this this getting a first-round pick like this – gets them back in the game to when things change in the summer, they can possibly acquire a, a player have, you know, similar to what they did with Harden. Um, but, you know, people look at it like, Hey, they, they did this with Omer Ashik, only got Sam Decker, who's been out most of the year. Um, and so they're not seeing that return. And uh, I openly wonder whether if uh, Decker hadn't had his back injury and we'd actually seen him in summer league, uh, we'd seen him with the Vipers then maybe there'd be a little more enthusiasm about him and and possibly the, this pick. But I, I think a lot of people are just really down on the notion of a Rockets mid-first-round pick because they haven't seen anything from Decker. I've watched this draft. I love the draft. It's just a passion of mine. I always look at you know different prospects. And anytime the Rockets don't have a pick, uh, it frustrates me whether it's justified or not just because – you know, there's there's talent to be had there, and it's generally pretty cheap. It you, it, it's just valuable. You just have to be able to you know make that right pick. And there are a few guys out there that could be interesting. I mean, they they could strike out, but there are guys that they could add to this team that could be rotation worthy type players. Uh, I mean, you know, I think of a guy like Melo Trimble, for example, point guard out of Maryland, who's you know his stock has risen. Um, Buddy Heald, I believe, uh, at Oklahoma. That guy's certainly an excellent shooter. He's interesting. It just depends on where they are and where you know things shuffle out as they get to the draft. But um, I think having a chip in the game in the draft is going to be end up being important, especially if you knew, like I said, that that Demo wasn't going to be back because you controlled that whether you were going to match or not. Uh, I I like the move. It's frustrating to lose Demo, but I think thinking long term, 
it was smart. What frustrates me is that's the only move they made because I, I've been frustrated with the team in general. Um, there have been a lot of problems on the court, and they really didn't make out. You know, they moved Marcus Thornton. I don't think he was necessarily your big issue, but you know, they've got issues on the court that weren't changed at all. Yeah, I, that frustrated me as well. Um, I, I'm sure it was not for lack of trying on the part of Daryl Morey and Gerson Rosas and the rest of the front office. I'm sure they were they were shopping any sort of potential deal that could help the team one way or another. And there, you know, as we saw, there, there were certainly a number of trades, but uh, all in all, the, the, this trade deadline was was a relative dud compared to what it could have been. So it, it may may have just been that there weren't deals to be had, and 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 I I would seriously doubt it's for lack of trying by the Rockets. But I mean I, I share your frustration. I mean as, as you as you well know, and as most Rockets fans would agree, this has been a maddeningly frustrating year. Um, so much talent. Um, the Rockets brought back essentially the same roster that got to the Western Conference Finals last year, and it is just grossly underperformed. Uh, they're thoroughly unimpressive, uninspired, um, and just so frustrating to watch and to follow this team this year. And I was hoping the Rockets would either make a bigger move to help them this year or be be bigger sellers. You know, sell off. Maybe you, got, you don't get 100 cents on the dollar but accumulate more assets and, and just throw in the towel um, for this season because, you know, uh, the Rockets not only would get their first-round pick if they miss the playoffs yeah. um, because it was lottery protected from the loss in trade, they also get their second-round pick, which would then be a high second-round pick, uh, from the Corey Brewer trade because they had put some protections on that pick. Um, that said, you know, I'm, a, I'm always rooting for the Rockets to win, and a, a playoff appearance this this season would I would still enjoy a playoff appearance, um, but a late lottery pick and an early second round pick uh, is a nice consolation if you're not going to make the playoffs. I would just hate to just barely sneak in and get pummeled by the Warriors for four games. <laughs> you know, and maybe you know, obviously Daryl Moore is getting some criticism from some fans as well. There's there were luxury tax implications here. Um, you know. I don't know how many times Les Alexander has been saved by Daryl Morey moves to get under the luxury tax. I'm sure you probably have, uh, you know, that poster up on the wall somewhere <laughs> tracking that. But to talk to me about, a little bit about this move as far as what it did for the Rockets' luxury tax. I know they created two roster spots, which we will see possibly play a role here, you know, down the line, whether buyouts or what have you. But what happened here as far as luxury tax savings for the Rockets? Sure. Um, with the initial Demo and Thornton for Joel Anthony, they saved a, a tiny bit of luxury tax. But then the real tax-saving move was their what is either a second trade or was another component to what may have be a three-team deal uh, between Houston, Detroit, and Philadelphia is when they flipped uh, Joel Anthony along with the 2017 Denver second rounder that they got in the Lawson trade and traded the, traded the pick and Anthony to the Sixers into their cap space in exchange for a uh, random foreign player who will never be in the NBA 
uh, draft rights just because Philadelphia, by rule, has to send something back. Um, by doing that, the Rockets just barely drop below the luxury tax. Um, and in fact, I kind of have to laugh because the, if not for the suspensions to Dwight Howard and Ty Lawson, the Rockets would be over the luxury tax right now. So <laughs> their, their gaffes actually ended up saving Les Alexander a couple of, you know, what, what could end up being, you know, a few extra millions of dollars. So, so I, I have to kind of, <laughs> I got to chuckle out of that, but, yeah, um, Lawson's suspensions were out of his hand, but Dwight, you know, he, I guess he stepped up to the plate then to make that happen. Well, he's a team player. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Although I, I will say this, that, and I, I've, I've been kind of not necessarily beating this drum, but kind of pre- preparing for this for, for um, over a month, but for any fans that are giving Les Alexander crap for dropping below the luxury tax, can you really blame them? I mean, with with the team that has the performance of the team this year, it is a middling team right now. Of course, they're going to try to make a move to improve the roster, but those moves weren't available. And so in the absence of those moves, if you can just trade a second-round pick to dump Anthony's contract and probably save – I mean, it, it, it's so hard to, to tell because you don't know what the tax payments are going to be. But, you know, it, it could have saved less, you know, six, seven, eight million dollars, um, which he can always reallocate elsewhere on the team. You can't really blame him. I, I've never bought the, the criticism of Les Alexander – for wanting to to make tax avoidance trades when they didn't materially harm this team. I mean, I'm not going to be crying over the loss of Joel Anthony's contributions off the bench. Right. You know, let me um, talk about what they didn't do, um, which, you know, we thought for sure. Well, I don't want to say for sure. We thought Dwight Howard was certainly being shopped. I, I think both of us uh, had you know reservations about whether that would actually happen. Um, you know, I think they had to do their due diligence, but at the same time, uh, you know, they, it was apparent that they were shopping him pretty heavily. They didn't trade Ty Lawson as, uh, either. That one did uh, surprise me. What were your thoughts about basically both of these guys staying here? Well, I, I'm with you, Dave, on 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 Dwight. I I always thought it, I, that it was highly unlikely that Dwight would actually get moved. I mean, talking heads like to throw out trade rumors all the time, but I didn't think that the calculus was in the Rockets' favor to just dump him for expiring contracts. Unless you were going to get at least one first-round pick and then maybe a piece that you could re-sign or have under contract going forward, uh, it, it didn't really make any sense. Uh, I know Dwight wants to get the kind of the super max uh, deal this summer, but you never know. His demands might go down. Maybe he yeah. has a, a, a resurgence and, and helps us. I mean, the Rockets still want to make the playoffs and do something uh, in the playoffs this year. So having Dwight is going to help you immensely more than anything you were going to get from him at the trade deadline. So you have that factor as well as you're going to have his bird rights. Um you, you can give him that fifth year in free agency. Maybe he takes a reduced annual salary in order to get that fifth year. So there's so many things in play 
for your ability to re-sign him this summer. Maybe he walks for nothing, but if they weren't getting anything sub- substantial in trade talks this week, I didn't think they were going to move him. On, on Lawson, I, I was a little more surprised. I thought you maybe could have dumped him into Portland's cap space or in Philadelphia's cap space. But I think Portland already did a couple of deals. They took on Anderson Verjao's contract, and they got a future first-round pick from uh, the Cleveland Cavaliers. Um, they took on, uh, I think, Brian Roberts' contract from Miami. So they used their cap space today for other deals and, and, and accumulated assets. And as you saw by the fact that Philadelphia demanded what's a pretty decent second-round pick from Houston in order to take Joel Anthony's $2.5 million salary, my guess is the asking price in a Lawson salary dump was was too high from a from an asset you know disposition standpoint. So you know Lawson could still have his moments, and uh, the fact that his contract again th- this is often misreported. Teams say that next year is now a team option for 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 Ty. That's actually not correct. It's non guaranteed, and that does have a sub- substantive impact because. If it were a team option, you couldn't trade him after the season. But since it's non-guaranteed, they can still make a trade involving Lawson after their season is over and before the draft. So you still have a $12 million contract you could use in early June uh, if you wanted to make a, a trade in advance of free agency this summer. So if you there is some benefit to keep it. You would lose some cap room there, taking back some salary. Theoretically, right? I mean, if you decide you don't want to go the full cap room route in free agency, is that what you're getting at? Yeah, exactly. There, there are going to be so many teams with so much cap room. Uh, you know, uh, there's a contrarian viewpoint that if you just go ahead and take on salary now, you might actually do better than all but the one or two teams that go out and get the Kevin Durant or the Mike Conley in free agency because they're going to there there are far fewer key free agents than there are teams with max cap room. So, it, it, again, we talk about flexibility. Ty Lawson's contract in June for a very limited period of time gives the Rockets some additional flexibility if they want to pull the trigger early in advance of free agency to take on some salary. So there was some benefit to keeping. That's why I'm, I would be a little surprised if they cut Ty Lawson um, you know, in the coming weeks, I just think that contract is is a potential trade asset. They, they may yeah. just waive him in June, and that'll be the end of it. But you don't want to foreclose that option. Yeah, you, you know, in, in Dwight's case, I think Daryl had. I, I know it was constantly being reported that you know the Rockets, you know, everyone was saying no, nobody wanted Dwight Howard. I th- I personally believe Daryl just had a very high value. Was asking a lot. Uh, you know, I, I think if you really just needed to move him, Boston, in my opinion, would have been crazy to not do a David Lee and a couple of lesser picks. You know, perhaps Dallas's first rounder this year, perhaps something else, uh, you know, an additional pick, not the Brooklyn pick, um, like, you know, is, has been mentioned. There are other picks that they could have given up that certainly would have been worth it for them to make it a, a step now and to at least have Howard's bird rights. I personally tend to think that, um, you know, Daryl just had a very high value on him. Lawson, I don't know. I, like I said, I, I wrote about this. I just, something is wrong with Ty Lawson. He, I think he's, his career, his numbers are just, have just fallen off a cliff. He just does not fit here. 
but I don't know if it's fit anymore. It's just he's just not effective. Something's wrong. Um, and I, I'm tending to think that other teams are seeing that. You know, maybe they feel a, a change of environment would help him. Um, but boy, did he lose? In my opinion, it, did he lose a lot of money? Um, you know, basically making that a non-guaranteed uh, deal in the second year because he's having the worst year of his career by far. Uh, you know, and it raises the question of the direction for the rest of the team this year. I mean, for the rest of this season. Um, you know, we Dwight's back, and there's all this talk about poor chemistry on the team. What's at the center of that? I, I haven't been able to put my finger on that exactly either. A lot of people say it's Dwight and, and Harden. You know, I don't think on the court they have meshed like we hoped they would when, you know, we when the Rockets brought in Dwight. I thought Dwight was going to be the perfect fit, and now everyone's saying he's he's actually kind of a bad fit. I don't I don't see that. They just haven't meshed like I thought. I mean, James Harden was one of the best pick-and-roll finishers um, in the game. Same thing with Dwight as well, pick-and-roll finisher. They haven't clicked like I thought on the court. Um, it's been more my turn, your turn, and not really uh, no real symmetry like I would have hoped. But, you know, they did get to the Western Conference Finals last year. It's not like this team has just been a bust. It's just this year something at their core has it's just not right. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. I'm, I'm still surprised by how little um, the Rockets run the Harden Howard pick and roll. Uh, maybe teams are scheming against it, um, but uh, even then, just the the percentage of Dwight's touches that are coming in the post versus out of the pick and roll uh, continues to befuddle me. But and that might have to do with the chemistry with Harden, but. Um, it, it just one of the key factors in a supremely disappointing year. With Utah's loss last night, they've slipped, or excuse me, the Rockets have bumped back up to the eighth spot in in the West, which is a death sentence going up against Golden State Warriors. Uh, there's still 27 games left in the season. They've got to get to six to have any kind of upset shot, if you will. I mean, I think the Spurs would be an extremely tough uh, match if you were in the seventh spot and. Uh, you know, but I mean, to face an OKC or a Clippers or a Memphis, uh, you know, barring some sort of change there, um, you at least have a shot. Um, and I think that's got to be what the goal is at this point. I think going into the year, we were talking about home court advantage, getting up in the top two or three seeds. And now you're just hoping to see them get into that sixth spot. And I think they can. I mean, the teams that are down there, Utah, Portland, Dallas, I mean, if the Rockets just get things going a little bit, uh, you know, their defense has been atrocious. We talked about how their defensive rating has plummeted this year. They've got to get that corrected somehow, some way. Just a little bit of alteration here to get going, and they might be able to get up to that sixth spot, possibly the fifth spot. Um, but they've got a lot of work to do, and right now there's not a lot of hope as far as basically chemistry-wise. Um, summer of 16, 2016, this is going to be a big one. Um, you know, Daryl Morey said today, uh, you know, that Houston's a top five destination and that they're going to be able to offer two max contracts, a lot of teams are going to be able to say the same thing. Now, I don't want to make it sound like the Rockets are um, one of only a few that can do that, but what does that mean to you now that the Rockets, they have this uh, additional pick that they're going to get from Detroit most likely, um, and they're going to have a ton of cap space? Well, I mean, again, it's back to Daryl Morey's buzzword of flexibility. Um yeah, they, they they will, you know, 
a max contract is a very um, fluid concept <laughs> because a, a max contract for Dwight Howard is not the same thing as a max contract for Harrison Barnes, for instance. So um, when you when you talk about two max contracts, yeah, they could probably do two max or near max contracts, but uh, um, you know maybe they have to do a little more. Uh, create a little more wiggle room, but they should have upwards of $40 million in cap room, assuming you're not counting Dwight's salary. So if you're, if you're talking $40 million and then you, you have to subtract whatever you want to pay Dwight if you keep him. If you let Dwight walk, I think at this point it's safe to say you're going to let Ty Lawson walk. You're going to waive Ty Lawson, uh, not guarantee his salary for next year. Uh, you get rid of those two guys, and then now we're, we no longer are – uh, bookkeeping for uh, Donatus Modiunis' cap hold. So there's another $6 million off uh, off the cap. Uh, and then you have a $6 million cap hold for for um, Terrence Jones that uh, th- they may keep that on the books, see what happens, see what uh, see what Terrence gets in the open market. Uh, maybe they bring Terrence back, in, in which case he got about $6.2 million uh, as his cap hold that would count against the cap until he signed. Uh, but if you got rid of all three of those guys, you're looking at 41 million or so without making any other trades. Uh, so, yeah, that, I mean, I, I'm sure they're going to go hard after Kevin Durant. But I mean, it, it would be great. I love Durant. He's one of my favorite non-rocket players. Um, you know, uh, one of the great Longhorns of all time. So, so I've loved him since college. I just don't see a realistic scenario in which the Rockets get Kevin Durant. Um, the Rockets are a well-run organization, and that does count for something. James Harden is his good friend, um, and maybe that extra max slot, maybe they can go out and get an Al Horford and sell Durant on the fact, okay, it's going to be Harden and Durant and Horford as the new big three, something like that. And they you could do coach, something yeah. like that. Yeah, and, yeah, exactly. And and uh, Durant and Harden and the third free agent can decide who the next coach is going to be. Uh, th- that that might be an enticing offer, but you know, frankly, OKC has got a pretty good situation too. Um, not to you know, not to even mention the fact that there's a realistic possibility he could go to Golden State, in which case they should just shut down the league <laughs> um, because it wouldn't even be fair. Um, there's a possibility they could get Durant. I'm just not holding my breath for something like that. So it's great to talk about two max contracts, but unless you're getting a Durant or if you want to take a step down from that, an Al Horford, you know, there's not a ton of guys out there that really get you excited. Yeah. You know, it's, it's going to be interesting though, because if Dwight Howard is gone, which most of us tend to think that's going to be the case, just because for whatever reason it's, it's not working out here, um, then suddenly you're you go from win now to okay James Harden's 26 years old we got to get guys around that age or you know build for James Harden because now you're gonna have a couple years left with him um, you got to get the right pieces you're gonna have a different look of this team I think completely if Dwight Howard leaves uh, like you said I wouldn't be surprised if Ariza or Beverly are moved. Um, I don't think it's going to be just plug a guy in and and go with the you know status quo or what have you. I think they're going to make significant changes. Again, that's just an opinion. 
but yeah, as far as Durant goes, I have zero hopes. I don't fault the Rockets at all for making a, uh, an attempt at him. I don't think it's a failure if he doesn't sign with the Rockets. A lot of people you know, get upset at the Rockets when they don't sign Bosch or they don't sign Carmelo, and I, I, I don't view it that way. They have to you know, go for the very best guys, but it's going to be very tough this summer. I mean, when you when the Rockets are one of five or six teams with max cap space, they usually have an edge. When you're going to be one of 20 or several um, with a lot of cap space, uh, it's going to be hard to differentiate yourself and sell uh, that team, especially considering you're coming off of a struggling year. Uh, but this is... You know, this is going to be very interesting to see what the Rockets do in the final 27 games. If something can change Dwight's mind, if something can, you know, change about this team in general. Um, but I think we're headed for a new coach and a pretty gutted roster uh, this summer. I mean, we'll see. If by gutted you mean Dwight and Lawson not coming back. Yeah, I mean, well, that, you know, Dwight leaving is, 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 would be a substantial change. Um, I'm not writing Dwight off just yet. I, I think e- even if there's chemistry issues, um, you know, it could be a situation where if he if he still wants to stay, um, he might be just the best alternative. So I'm not writing it off completely. Um, but... Uh, you know, you talked about 20 teams out there that that could have max or more than max cap room, uh, and and for for all the people that talk about oh get rid of Corey Brewer, or Trevor Reza, or Patrick Beverly, you got to remember these guys are all on, even Corey Brewer's having a down year, are on relatively cap friendly deals for the new cap, and if you just get rid of everybody. Well then, who are you going to replace them with? It's great to talk about free agents or new players or guys that are mild upgrades over the role players you have now. But you know, take a guy like Ryan Anderson, good player, would be a nice fit as a stretch four on the Rockets. That guy's going to make a ton of money in free agency. He's going to when he signs his contract. The same people that are complaining the Rockets didn't trade for him today are going to be saying, oh, my God, how much did they give Ryan Anderson? And in two or three years, if the, if the cap goes back down or, or the new CBA kind of normalizes contracts, we might be looking back on the Ryan Anderson contract of 2016 as, as, a, as a ludicrous deal. So, you know, be careful before you, you complain about Corey Brewer making $7.5 million because you could end up with a Corey Brewer-ish player making $16 million. <laughs> You know, what they do from here is going to determine a lot in the summer. Uh, like I said, disappointed they didn't make uh, more moves, because I have been, uh, you know, not happy with some of the players here. But I do think we'll, we'll see some change. And I just wanted to mention, uh, you know, yeah, we could see Howard and Lawson gone. I wouldn't be. I would expect Terrence Jones not back. That's just my my two cents. Being a restricted free agent, uh, I think they'll they'll you know Capella, Harrell, those guys may be ready to step up. Um, but I think we're going to see a different Rockets team. They went with the with what they you know had success with in the previous year, and it's backfired on them. And uh, unless things change drastically, I think that they're going to uh, make significant changes in the offseason. Yep, very well could be, but um, 
I can't think about any of that right now. I'm just too excited for the Sam Decker era to begin now that he's doing the full contact drills. It's coming up. It's coming up, Sam Decker. He's not Bobby Portis, but he is Sam Decker, and I'm excited to see him play. But, uh, hey, David, I appreciate you doing this. Thanks so much. Uh, you know, good luck to, to Donatus Motionis out in Detroit. Um, we are rooting against Detroit the rest of the year. Would not mind if uh, – you know, Andre Drummond went down with something that did not hurt in any way, but was just out for the next couple of months. Just something to see Detroit uh, kind of go down, not too far down, but but M- miss free throw. Karam hits him in the head. <laughs> yeah, something like that would work great. Um, and you know, we'll see what the Rockets do from here. They're at that at that balance where I expect them to make the playoffs. I don't think they're going to miss it, but if they do, like you said, they they get to keep their pick, um, and then they got even more flexibility going into this summer. Now, now don't write them off in the, in the standings. They're only two games out of the sixth spot, and Memphis is significantly weaker than they were a couple of weeks ago. They had no more Courtney Lee, no more Jeff Green, and Marcus Gasol's out indefinitely. So, yeah. it, you know, it, it's, a, it's a ways to go to catch Memphis, but that's certainly uh, a realistic possibility. Uh, I, I agree with you. I agree with you. It seems like uh, Memphis was like, looking at the teams ahead of them and just said, yeah, we're going to, we're going to try for the future. Um, Which by the way, random note, whatever the Denver Nuggets front office is doing, um, I want some of that. They have the best juju this year of any team. They hold a lottery protected Rockets pick in a year where the Rockets are on the playoff bubble. So that could be the 15th pick of the draft. They have a lottery-protected Portland pick this year. Portland's in the same spot. That could be the 15th or 16th pick. And they have an oddly-protected Memphis pick where if it falls in the late lottery, they get that pick. And with all the injuries and trades that Memphis has made, it's not outside the realm of possibility. That could turn into, like, the 13th or 14th pick if Memphis goes in the slide. So three trades where... At the time, Denver probably wasn't expecting to get anything too too special. They could end up with three early to mid first round picks, and their luck has just been phenomenal. Maybe it doesn't break their way, but there's a there's a scenario in which the absolute best possible situation for any of those trades they made all come to fruition. Yeah, and I think I hope people understand too that for first round picks now are their value are going up when the salaries are about to explode and these are set salaries uh, where the talent is the same, generally speaking in a draft, those, the value of those picks are going up. So teams that hold a lot of picks have a lot of pull in, in trades. And let's hope the Rockets will have that with this uh, additional pick that they got. David, thanks so much for doing this, man. And uh, like, like I said, it's been a while since we have done one of these together, but let's, uh, let's do it again soon. Hopefully we'll be able to do it under uh, happy circumstances. Yeah, happier, certainly. <laughs> well, that is probably part of the reason we haven't done too many of these podcasts this season. That's exa- hey, you're not even joking. <laughs> That's exactly right. <laughs> Thanks again, man. Take care. Take care.